I always do this, give people time to come in, man. This is so good. I like it when they're waiting on me, but we're usually waiting on everybody out there. We understand sometimes worship goes a little bit longer, so, you know, people got to use the restroom, and they have to go get some coffee and get everything they need, so, hey, that's okay. Go say hi to people you ain't seen in a little bit. That's what I tell them to do. Then when I get louder, they come in. And then if they, if they start coming in after I'm already into it, we just embarrass them. We'll stop, and we'll just ask them to come up and say a few words. That'll get people in here a lot faster. Well, come on, good morning, and welcome to uh, the gathering place. We absolutely love the fact that you're with us this morning. Uh, come on, give it up. Come on, you guys. We love it. Come on, what, what an awesome place to be on Sunday morning. We love you guys. My wife and Jules and I get to get the honor and pleasure of pastor here, and man, we just, we love our family, y'all. Like, this is really good. This is really good. Kevin, I think I got some feedback up here, Kevin. Where's Ryan at? You got that? Not really feedback, I'm like echoing or something. But Kevin stepped up today, and we didn't have a sound person, and Kevin's like, I got it! And he jumped back there, and now we get to, it's kind of loud, too. Because I get loud. But if I walk over here, we'll do that. Let's get over here. I'm over here talking to Kevin like you're talking to me, bro. Just, just stay close. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Heard Brandon preach today. Whoa! <laughs> We're supposed to talk to me. There might be a fight up here later. We're going to fight in love. Well, we're good. <laughs> he called me on Facebook. That's good stuff. But yeah, come on, if you're new here, uh, and you're visiting, you're new, please let us know that you were here. Fill out a Connect card, just let us know you came. We want to reach out to you and pray for you, let you know a little bit about who we are and what we do. You can fill one out if you want to fill it out. You know, uh, the handwritten ones are out on the desk in the foyer, but you can scan that thing right there if you know how to use your phones. Uh, and, and fill one out online, it'll come right to us. So you can just take a picture of that. I'll give you a second. Do I see any, any cameras going up? No? All right. I want to say hi to my mama. She's in the house today. I love you, mama. I like doing that when she shows up. <laughs> Come on. If you want to know more about us, you can download our, our app. You can download, uh, go to our website. But all that stuff's up there. Scan that stuff. We'll get information out to you, let you know what's going on, keep you up to date, and send push notifications and all kinds of stuff just so you don't miss out on anything and what we're doing. And that's important. Like today, we had uh, kingdom classes are every Sunday at 9 o'clock. So today, because Jen got sick, today she could not be here. So we actually had to push stuff out and say, hey, the dispersonality profile was canceled for today. So we're going to reschedule that one. Um, I believe that one's next week. Okay, so, so we're swapping them. Just bump them down one. So we've got the dispersonality profile and then the spiritual gifts. Right? Perfect. We're going to do all that. Uh, We'll get all that squeezed in. Just bump them down a little bit. We'll take care of that. But, but if you're on the app, you get all that information. You know not to show up really early if you don't need to. Um, so download that. If you're here today, uh, it is a wonderful day to be here because it's wedding day. <laughs> if you hadn't been here in a while, people are like, what do you mean wedding day? Look, we just randomly pair you up, bring you up here, you know. Get you hitched, get you out. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, but yeah, we do have a wedding. Eric and Sonny are getting married today right after service, y'all. You got half the claps because everybody else thought you're already married. 
They're like, we sent a gift like years ago. What are you talking about? So, but yeah, right after service. So basically how that's going to work, we're going to have service. Uh, you'll take about a 10 minute break. They're going to go get changed and stuff. And then they're going to come back in. So when they come back in, if I could ask you these first two rows in the middle, make sure you're not there. And then we're going to let the family come up and, and, and sit up closer. We're all family, but you know, you know, the people with DNA. <laughs> and not his DNA. Come on, don't get this confused. We all got his DNA. Uh, but they're going to come on up. I just want to give them front rows. And, and then we're going to start it up. And we're going to have a ceremony right here. And they wanted to do it like this because they wanted everybody invited. And they're like, instead of just trying to get all that stuff out, you're all invited to be here. So just hang out after service. Um, there'll be cake out in the foyer. So that'll be good. Um, so you can go out and get some cake before you leave afterwards. There's also all kinds of stuff. And I'll fill you in on the other stuff uh, before we get started with the ceremony. But uh, they also said, didn't you just say something about taking everybody out to eat like everybody? No, I tried, I tried, I was, <laughs> I was trying, I said, you should have never had me officiate anything, but yeah, so we're excited about that, I'm, I'm, I'm real excited, thank you all for being here, so if you've never experienced that, if it's your first day and you're like, you guys do weddings on Sundays, no, first one, but it's really cool, <laughs> we're family, let's just go with it, um, so this coming week, we got, we got some good stuff going on, night of worship is Friday, so come on out Friday, y'all. Wow, we had two people cheering, and it was the worship leaders. Look, I'm telling you, the way we worship is powerful. We actually only come in here to worship. We're here to worship him. And if he gives me a word for you, then you get a word. Other than that, we're here to worship the king, man. And, it, and so we get to do that on another night, and we get to do that on a Friday night and come out where it's like, you know, we just go at it. So there's no restraints on time. Most people... Most people, some people don't have to, to work on Saturday morning, but if you do, we understand, just stay till like two in the morning, you can leave then. It's not that long, a couple hours, but we have a really good time. So please uh, come on out and join us for worship night. Get out here. It's going to be fun. We always have pizza and stuff. So if you're like, yeah, but I got to go home and eat. No, just come on, you know, bring the kids, just get out here. Let's just have a good time and worship together as a family. Um, so that's Friday. Put that down. Don't miss that. Uh, if you want to help, uh, we have our small group starting on the 19th. Uh, we have our leadership training on the 19th, rally day on the 26th. Small groups will start kicking up uh, in February, the end of February. So, you know, we like to do small groups because if you look around, it's hard to just do this all the time. But man, if we can get like five, six, seven, eight of you together in a room where you guys can do life together, get to know each other, pour into each other, pray for each other, uh, get to know each other. That's what family's all about. So we try to kick up small groups and that anything can happen there. You, if God speaks to you and says, hey, I want to do a group on... Uh, I don't know, maybe something with God, guns, and gravy. Then if, if he speaks that we should go shoot guns, eat, eat yeah. breakfast, and read the Bible, then just come to my house on Saturdays because that's what we do. Just plugging it before I can plug it. But, but there are a lot of, we have Bible studies and uh, women get together, men get together. We have all kinds of stuff. But if he says, hey, I want a basketball group, guess what? Get a basketball group together. And if you go, yeah, but I don't see my small group up there. There's nothing I want to do. Then come talk to me and lead it. That means you're called to lead it. You're called to start it. You're called to, to have something uh, where you can just get to know people and pour into people. And, and guess what? We get to let his love flow through us, right? That's important. So we get to do that. And then we have um, February 24th and 25th. We have our XO conference. Come on. This is a good marriage conference. Marriage conference. I know, you know, I, I would love to say that newlyweds would be there, but I don't think so. I didn't train them well. No, they're going to be going on, on, 
having some fun. But here's the thing, guys. Marriage, I love, look, marriage, relationships, that's us. We love this. This is what we're built on. It's a foundation, the family, uh, and we need this. So please sign up. Registration is required because there's all kinds of food, and we got to prepare this two days in here. Even if you're single, people go, yeah, but that's for married. If, if you're single, guess what? You can either volunteer to, to help out and then, you know, come in and sit down and watch some stuff while you're here and, and be part of it. That's, that's fine too. Or you can just say, I just want to come. And then you just register as a single person and come. Here's the thing. If you're looking for a spouse, if you're saying, well, what's this going to be like when I get married? Then you need to start looking at kind of how that foundation set. And there's a lot of great teachings. This is through Jimmy, Jimmy Evans and Karen Evans. And, and we, we get to, to welcome that in here. It is a, a video, but it's a million like different people speaking. It's live stream. It's all that good stuff. And we have fun in here. Like we, you know, we will be talking to, we'll be having fun, but please sign up for that. All the information's out there on site, on, online, on our app. All right. We had an amazing week this last week. You know, we had our, our men and women got together. It was awesome. We had a men's gathering. Come on. We had a women's gathering and a men's gathering. And it was fun. Look, we took 33 guys to go throw axes. That's a lot of people to go throw axes, but it was fun. It was fun. You know, I played, I played with about a group of five. And, you know, I just happened to have this number six all over the place. And I was scoring so high. I didn't even, they, they ran out of scoring stuff on, on the paper. They were just like, man, you keep winning, DJ. You keep winning. I'm preaching on pride today. I'm just letting you all know. I'm preaching on pride. No, we had a really good time. It was competitive. We had fun. Uh, got together. And the ladies got together. And they went bowling. Come on. I heard all about that. I saw TikToks. I saw people dancing. I mean, the ladies were having a good, good time. So, and you had like 28 ladies show up to, to go bowling and have a good time. Look, I love that. And you need to understand that's how we do life together. You, you can't do this thing alone. You've got to come alongside people. You're not meant to go home, come to church on a Sunday, go home and be like, all right, I'll see you next Sunday. That's, that's not what this is about. This isn't just like a place you gas up and go home. And then when you run out of gas, you come back. You, you do life together. You spend time together. You let pour, people pour into you. You get to be part of a family, and that's what we are. So love that. What a great week. It was awesome. Uh, we even had like 30 people show up for Tuesday at the table. We've been speaking on leadership. Uh, really good stuff, guys. And, and we had a lot of youth in here. It was fun uh, just to teach and, and, and guide them in leadership and everything they need to know to, to move forward in that. I tell you what, for the people that were here, they're hungry and, and they're getting stuff and that's helping them. So I encourage you as we do Tuesdays at the table once a month, man, show on up. We had food. It was fun. Uh, we got to share and uh, everybody got a little something out of that. So, all right, that's enough announcements. It's enough announcements. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you. And I thank you for today. I thank you that we get to do this. I thank you for this family. Father, I ask you to touch my heart right now. Touch my lips, Father. Let it be all of you this morning. None of me, Father. Just clear my mind and heart. And just let, let me put you number one this morning. So, Father, we just, we surrender all this to you. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Whew. Get my coffee going. If you're new here, hang on. I will help you with a little bit. I'm not originally from the south. I'm from the north, so I talk faster. So when I really want to get going, you just got to really listen. If you're taking notes, just learn shorthand and just get going. Or record it. That's the best way. Or go back and watch it. Uh, but we're going to do good. So we're in a series called All Him, All In. Um, this is our fourth week in the series. It seems like it's been longer, but I was gone a couple days, uh, a couple weekends doing some other stuff. But All Him, All In. This is so important. It's all God. God's first. 
That's it. And this is us in our lives going, it's all about him. And everything we do, he is number one. He is the one we focus on. He is who we surrender to, right? And then it's all in. What that means is that once you understand who he is, now when he tells you to move, when he tells you to do something, you are all in. It's kind of like poker, y'all. You're all in. You put it all in there. And you say, I'm not hanging on to anything. I'm not holding back a reserve saying, well, what if God fails? He's not going to fail. I'm telling you, if he tells you to do something, he's going to provide a way. He's going to provide the resources. He's going to make sure it can get done. But you got to know his voice. So that's all him, right? When you're all him, it means you're listening to him, spending time with him. You know, you're reading your Bible. you're, You're worshiping. You're praying. You know, you're listening to his voice. And when you do that, that's all him. That's a priority in your life. That that becomes the number one priority in your life is him. And then it's your spouse. And then it's your family. And then it's ministry. So if you're like, yeah, but I want to do my small group. Well, that comes after all that. So guess what? You can't lead a small group if you're not taking care of your family. Does that make sense? That's ministry. You want to be effective? Get everything in order. All him, then your family, then ministry. Think about that. That's powerful. And when you do it that way, man, amazing things can happen. So that's why I say you got to come talk to us. You got to come tell us if you got an idea because I want to check you. <laughs> Be like, how's things going? I ain't seen you at church in like eight months. You don't want to leave a small group. How's your relationship? That's what I want to know. I want to I know how that's going. So that's just a little bit. I'm not talking about this today, but it just felt like I could talk about it. But it's all about putting God first in everything we do. All right, so like I said, this started about a month ago, and we've been in Romans 12, and, and I'm, I'm reading through all of Romans 12, and we're preaching out of Romans 12, and up to Romans 12, so 1 through 11, what you see is Paul teaching doctrine, Paul teaching salvation, he's teaching you all the stuff you need to know about, I gave my heart to Christ, and this is the freedom I can walk in because of who he is. So that's doctrine, that's all the stuff he's being taught, that's the instruction up to that point. When it hits Romans 12, what it says is, hey, guess what? Now you need to understand, you gave my heart, you're born again, right? Now you're born again, you gave gave your heart to me, and now there's some things I'm going to require of you. This is where it gets real. This is where the all-in part comes from. Because he goes, you just can't now wake up every day and say, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. It's, I've given my heart to you. So he's given us salvation. He's walked beside us, and now you get to do what he asks you to do. So we have responsibility now. Okay, we have a responsibility. For everything he's done for us, we have a responsibility as Christians uh, to do what he asks us to do. And that's what we're going to get into, uh, which is how we live in God's grace every single day. How, 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 how do we do that? What's that look like? What are some things that should be exhibited and uh, expressed in our life? Right? So this is where Romans 12 comes in. Now, I tell you, we're staying in Romans 12, so you can start studying that. Like, I shouldn't be answering like all your questions. I should hopefully drive something inside of you that makes you want to go pick up your Bible and study and go, wow, like that's good. Like if you're just sitting here taking my word for everything, you're doing it wrong. You're supposed to listen to my word, go judge it, check it with the Bible, with scripture, make sure I'm talking right, but then also so you can grow and you can, you can, feel, you can get filled up by yourself. Once you learn how to do that yourself, Man, that's good stuff. That, that's where that relationship comes in and you can, you can start doing amazing things. So anyway, Romans 12. I'm going to read all of Romans 12. So this is where my speed reading comes in. You can follow along online. Um, Amber will be taking care of that. So she reads about as fast as I do. So this should be good. No. So we'll pick it up, Romans 12, 1. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. 
Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part is a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God gave us, or gave, uh, I'm sorry, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as he has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, and be encur- then be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Hang on, I gotta rewind. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. We can hang it up and go home. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's why we're breaking it down week by week by week by week. And we've been covering this. Man, this is good stuff. If you've missed some stuff, last week I've talked about prophecy. I've talked about the gift of prophecy and the gift of tongues. They ran, you know, they like coincided in the Bible. We were talking about that. If you missed that and you want to know how that's taught and, and how you should follow and the way it should be, go back and, and watch that. Okay, it's a good teaching on how it's supposed to be biblically, what the Bible actually says about that. So if, you, if that's something you've never been part of or never wanted to know anything about it, trust me, it's knowledge you need to have. Uh, the knowledge of what the Bible says. So go back and listen to that. You know, what I love about this is it says, that, so you will be a living and holy sacrifice. A living sacrifice, which means that, that we, once we give our hearts to him, we surrender it. We're no longer our own. We don't get to determine what we want to do and what, how we want to do it and where we need to go and what we want to do. We turn it over to him. We pray about it, let him guide us and lead us. And we start walking it out in faith. That's what we do. So we've covered up one through six. Um, so I want to pick it up, you know, uh, I'm just going to jump right down into the, some new stuff. We're going to pick it up in 12, seven, and eight. I'm only going to stay here for a second because God really put something on my heart this week and I really want to discuss some stuff 
that is very important uh, to this, uh, to the teaching. So Romans 12, 7 and 8, I'm going to restate that so you know right where we're at. It says, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given your, you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So basically, Paul's just saying, if you have a gift, do it well. You weren't meant to do it just to do it. You know, if I said make your bed, it doesn't mean go up and throw the covers on. It says do it well. Make your bed the way it's supposed to be made. Make it look nice and neat. So it's everything you have. Do it well. That's what he's saying. And, and we use those gifts for the kingdom. You're going to use it to represent Jesus. You're going to be faithful in using your gifts. Okay, what that means is that you're not allowed to sit there on your hands and say, well, you know, I know my gift, so, but I ain't going to do anything. I just really feel better just sitting here. I'll just show up on Sundays and, and, and let everybody else take care of everything. It means that when you have a gift, so you've got to identify your gift, and we'll do that way. I just said we're going to do a spiritual gift assessment in a couple weeks, so if you don't know what your gift is, man, take the test. Take it online. You don't have to wait for that, but it's fun when you're around other people. And they're like, that's not me. We're like, you took the test. <laughs> Trust yourself. But it's good stuff. So, so really good stuff in there. Uh, and you're going to learn what your gift is. And you're just not supposed to sit on it. You're supposed to actually um, do what God's called you to do in the body, in the family, to build up his kingdom. And that's important. Because the goal is to have this entire family operating in their gifts. You understand that if this entire family was doing what they're gifted in, that there'd be no need. There'd be no want. There'd be no need. There'd be no lack. And it'd be so powerful, the kingdom would be like at our doorstep every day. Because we'd be doing what he asked us to do. We'd go out and change lives. We'd go pray for people, they'd be healed. Talk, you'd go lay hands on people and they'll be healed. And I think he does that no matter what in certain capacities. But he wants to see, okay, I've said it before, all of creation is waiting on this. For us to realize we are sons and daughters, right? That, that's not going to happen if we're all not doing our gift. He says, love me first. We talked about that last week. Love is the number one thing. You need to understand his love and then serve in a gifting that he's given you. I love. All right? But, but if you're trying to serve somebody but you don't love them, it's not going to work. You understand? So you don't serve just because you have to. <laughs> in fact, you know, if you come into the church and you're like, well, what do you want me to do? No, that's not a question. Like, just do something. Like, just go do something. Like most of, most of the time I walk in here, I have no clue why people are hearing what they're doing. But things get done. You know, I come back in and Kevin's got stuff all over the place. You know, he's got a group of guys come up and serve. I come in on Sunday, man, everything's done. We got people making coffee and people, every, I mean, things just happen. They don't wait for me to get here and they come up and go, hey man, what can I do this morning? No. If you're waiting on me, it's just because you want me to turn around and go, oh man, you're doing such a good job. I know, you're like, we're guests here. <laughs> Does the guy get real this morning? Yeah, we're going to get real this morning. Because this just doesn't apply here. This applies to, to, to the, the kingdom, man. This applies to churches at whole, the big church at whole. What are you doing in your own church? You know, this is not just here. This is anywhere. God's called you to do something big wherever he's called you to. That means you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to obey. Okay. Here's the problem with that. We're changing the world in a powerful way. It's happening. I see it. I see it moving. We've seen things in here. We have a miracle cross over there. You want to get inspired? Go over there and read the miracle cross. We have a prayer cross. 
When people come in and they need prayer, they put it up on that cross. And guess what? We pray for them. And when those prayers come true, that's a miracle to them. And there's everything over there. I mean, you got healings over there. You got all kinds of stuff. And we tell them when that happens, you move it over there. So we can celebrate those. But we pray for those. Okay, this is just, it's, it's how this works. So we're, we're doing amazing things in the kingdom. Because of that, the enemy doesn't like it. You understand that, right? Like, yeah, we've won the battle. Like, the war's won. We understand that. But the enemy does not like what we're doing. So therefore, the enemy's going to do anything he can in any church to sneak in and try to do things and stop you from operating in your gifts. See, this is the point. If they can get you discouraged, if they can get you confused, if the enemy can get you off what you're doing and make you feel like you're not wanted, you're not needed, nobody talks to you, nobody thanks you enough, all those different things, if the enemy can get you thinking that you're not needed or wanted, you walk away. And then what happens? Then what happens? You can't use your gift in the family. So people that were waiting around because you were saying, yes, their lives were going to be changed because of you. Their lives are going to be changed because you were walking in obedience. You said yes. You were going to serve. Man, I don't call people out all the time, but I tell you what, I got a brother sitting back here. He changed my life by seeing him smile every day when I showed up at church. He made me want to come to church just so I could see his joy. Man. You don't understand the impact of that. I was just serving at the church. I wasn't even serving at the time. I was just going to the church. And now, well, I don't know. Changed my heart. Man, don't ever think that whatever your gift is, it's not good enough or it's not worthy enough or it's too small. I don't care if you're waving somebody in the parking lot, opening a door, watching the kids. The enemy does not like it if it's working well because that means the kingdom's growing. He's going to try to shut it down. He's smart. He's going to sneak in. He's going to find a way. He's actually going to bring other people in with gifts. That's what happens. We pray gifts in, so you know. Like we're up here praying for gifts. And we want people to come in that can not only sing and play instruments. And we want people that can pray and prophesy. And we want people that can be with kids. And we want people that can serve and help others and encourage. We're in here praying every single Monday. We have a prayer team that comes in. We sit in here and we pray that in. With that, we got to have our antennas up. With that, we got to understand that the enemy knows that too. And he's like, well, let me send you some people then. See how that happens. That's how it works. And I'm not just talking here, guys. This is, this is stuff that happens all over the place. I listened to, I'll tell you what inspired this. Brother Bo, last weekend, brother, if you don't know, he's my spiritual father. He has a church down the road. Um, he, had a, he preached a sermon last week that I've never heard preached. And when I heard about how that played out and I watched it, I was like, man, I need to teach that. I said, that needs to be taught to every family and every church. So I listened to it and I thought, okay, now I'm not, I'm, I'm not verbatim doing this thing. If so, I've got a great memory. You're going to get my version, but I'm going to encourage you to go out to courts of praise, go on there, listen to what he's talking about. And it's just to equip you. It's just to give you knowledge. It's to give you strength for the family. Okay, so I'm just encourage you with that. Because in that, I, my job, if you don't know, is to educate, to equip, and build up the family. Okay, and I can't, you know, I've got to have knowledge to do that. But you've got to trust me uh, that I'm going to give you right now. Then you've got to look up knowledge. But we got, we've got to protect what we have. 
Because the enemy is like a roaring lion sneaking around. He's trying to pull people off. He can separate you. He's going to yank you off. He's going to get you separated. And next thing you know, you're not doing that anymore. All right? So, so my job is to make sure we're, we stay focused on these things. I really, you know, let's put it this way. Uh, I did 23 years in the military. We studied the enemy. We knew how they walked, how they talked. We knew what they looked like. We knew how they maneuvered. We studied by the old way they used to do things. Right? We, we looked at old wars and everything and said, well, this is how they kind of do this. Now, the enemy knew that too, so they were always changing their strategies, but we were always thinking about where are they? What's going on? How do we do that? That's why terrorism was so powerful because, man, they sneak right in. They look like you. They talk like you. They do everything, but they deal with hate. Right? And they would just destroy things. All right? So we've got to be very uh, educated. We need to be equipped to understand what that looks like. So, so if that ever happens in our family, we pick it up pretty quick, right? We just go, hey, that's not right. Like, like our culture here is love. So if someone were to walk in here and they're not loving people, it comes out pretty quick. We're like, ah, <laughs> that's probably not it, right? So it's easy to identify what doesn't belong. Um, but that's how we would do it. We'd go out and search and then we'd prepare to identify the threat before it became a threat. So if we can equip each other, if we can train each other, if we can walk beside each other, what we would realize... Is that, is that we would start picking up on threats to the point where we would understand and we would see it and we could stop it before it damages anybody in the family. And I've just never heard this preached like this. So I was like, man, this is good stuff. I want to take this to the family before we suffer casualties. Does that make sense? Because I love y'all. My job is to love y'all, but that's not why I do it. I do it because I have a gift and a calling in my life and I love you. I truly do. I, I've known people in here for 10 13 years. I've watched people get married. I've watched people have kids. I've watched all this stuff. We love you guys. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that the enemy doesn't come in and do what he wants to do. But I can only do so much. Right? I can't be everywhere. And that's what I kind of picked up out of this is that I just can't walk with you every day and talk with you every day. So I've got to equip you so we have more eyes and we have people seeing. Why? Because not everybody's as strong as everybody else. You understand that? Like there's some people been doing this a while and they pick up things really quick and there's other people that are brand new. Well, the Bible says he tries to pick them off first because they don't know enough. They're not picking it up, right? He just tries to grab them and pick them off. So I want to stop that. I just want to preach kind of what the Bible says about this. Not even preach because I don't preach, y'all. I teach. So we're going to teach it. If I tried to preach right now, it'd get really weird. Oh, man. All right, here we go. Um, I'm not, I want to talk about David really quick because this was what David did. Da- David shepherd, David had a fight. He would take out what? The lion and the bear. He did all that, right? That was his heart. That's what a shepherd's supposed to do. He's supposed to protect the flock. He does that. You can go, if you haven't read that one yet, that's, you know, I'll tell you, I can stay in 1 Samuel all the time. 1 Samuel 17, go in there, just start reading that stuff. It'll tell you about what a shepherd's supposed to do. But he was faithful. David was faithful. He stood his ground. And because of that, he had the heart of the father. Because of that, the father was around him. Because of that, the father protected him. Because of that, the father did, like, made sure that he had what he needed. Because of his heart. And he was faithful in what he did. So knowing that, when Saul found out how awesome David was, and he knew the favor of God was on him, Saul decided he wanted to try to kill David. So he tried multiple times, and then David went running. I'm just going to give you my version. You can read it all later. So David goes running, goes hiding. Saul chases him. Uh, and, and then he, Saul has a chance to kill him a couple times, or uh, David has a chance to kill him a couple times. 
right? And he does it. And that's important. That's important because of David's faithfulness. Okay, so I want to pick it up in 1 Samuel 26, 7 through 12. And this is the second time he comes in. Uh, David has a chance to kill Saul um, and take out his enemy. This guy's trying to kill him. I don't know. Like, this is a tough one. Like, if someone was shooting at me every day and then he was sleeping and I had a chance to take him out so he don't shoot at me or my friends or my family anymore, eh, I don't know. I love you, Lord. I would hope that you would speak to me in that moment. But he did to David. So let's read this. First uh, Samuel 26, 7. It says, so David and Abishai came to the people by night. So here what you see, I'll just set it up. Uh, Saul's in a camp, 3,000 soldiers. Saul's sitting in a camp. They're all sleeping. The entire camp is sleeping, right? And you'll know why in a second. And then, and then here it is. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and there Saul lay sleeping within the camp with his spear stuck in the ground by his head. And Abner and the people lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered. So this is the guy he took with him. This is somebody that volunteered to go with him, right? David, uh, but then Abishai, yeah, Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hands this day. Now, therefore, please let me strike him at once with the spear right to the earth. And I will not have to strike him a second time. So David brought somebody who probably wasn't faithful in the Lord. He was probably faithful to David. And he brought him. And this guy's like, there he is. Let me kill him. Like, you don't even have to do it. You don't have to do anything. He says, let me do it. I'll just kill him. We ain't got to worry about it. Now, this guy's probably thinking... That's awesome, man. We won't have to live in the cave anymore. Right? We get an Uber out to the, you know, to the palace. We'll be hanging out. We'll have, you know, we can, we can do Grubhub every day. Like, man, this is, we don't have to hunt for our stuff. Like, we, we, we can live like kings, right? Let's just take this man out. Why are we running from him when he's sleeping in front of us? It says, but David said to Abishai, do not destroy him. For who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die, and he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But please take now the spear and the jug of water that are by his head and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head, and they got away. And no man saw or knew it or awoke, for they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. The Lord put them to sleep. And some of you would say, well, if you put them to sleep, then we should have killed them. The Lord was tested him. He says, how faithful are you to me? How faithful are you? Not faithful like show up to church faithful on every Sunday. He says, faithful like are you standing firm in who I am? Are you putting me, am I all in? Are you all in with everything I've asked you to do? Are you not going to cheat the system? Are you simply going to say... I'm not doing it unless you tell me to do it. And that's where he's at. He put him to sleep and these guys walked away. I'm going to pick it back up in 1 Samuel 26, 22 through 23. This is later on after they awake and, and they're calling out to David. And David answered and said, here's the king's spear. So this is Saul saying, you know, Saul calls him out and says, what? Like you're in my camp? Like come back. He's trying to like. Sweet words, like, come on back, man, we ain't gonna hurt you. Like, like we, just, we, we just don't make up. Like, we, let's sit down, play some cards, we'll hang out. 
Well, David answered and said, here's the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord, get, get this, may the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For his righteousness and his faithfulness. He will repay you for your righteousness and faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointing. So if he's going to repay you based on your righteousness and his faithfulness. What's faithfulness? Faithfulness, faithfulness means firmness. So, so how firm are you? How solid, solid are you? If you look it up, it actually says, um, it means firmness. It means uh, steady. It means stability. Truly, truth, verily. But then I said, well, firmness. What's firmness mean? So you study that and it says the quality of having a solid, almost unyielding surface or structure. So he said, your faithfulness needs to have a unyielding surface or structure. It means it can't be broken. It has to be solid. It says it needs to be resolute, which means uh, determined, unwavering. That's what it means. Determined, unwavering, determination and strength of character. That's what faithfulness is. So God says, I'm going to repay you based on your faithfulness, your strength and your character and your firmness, not to, not to, not to, to do what you're not supposed to do when I don't tell you to do it. You understand? Everybody good? We getting something? Everybody's tracking. That's faithfulness. So the standard was righteousness and faithfulness, and that's what we get to compare things to. How faithful are you? How righteous are you? I can tell you the righteous one. That's pretty easy. But the faithful, how faithful are we? How all in are we really? So if you've got to know, I need to tell you about faithfulness because I really want to talk to you about unfaithfulness. Because we all tend to probably know this one and draw closer to this one more than anything else is the unfaithfulness. So what are the characteristics of that, of unfaithfulness? And this is where I wanted to want you to start taking notes because this is, like I said, when we, when we want to talk about the enemy, we want to talk about what that looks like, it's unfaithfulness. If, if faithfulness is the standard, then unfaithfulness is the exact opposite. It's what the enemy operates in, right? So I want to just give you some characteristics of that. I want you to understand what I'm talking about so you can start recognizing that when you see them. And how do we identify them? All those are good. So we're going to go over to Psalms 5. I'll probably go through 7, 7 through 10. Psalms 5. I love it. I just, I hear pages flicking and it's amazing. I'd read out my Bible, but I, this print's way too small. <laughs> my glasses just don't work right. All right. So Psalms 5, we'll start in 7. It says, but as for me, I will come into your house in a multitude of your mercies. In fear of you, I will worship towards your holy temple. This is David. I will worship you. I will worship you. He says, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. He says, lead me because of my enemies. He says, I need, I need to be more like you because I got enemies coming at me. And I don't want to operate the way I want to operate. I want to operate the way you want to operate. He says, make your way straight before my face. Verse 9 says, for there is no faithfulness in their mouth. He's talking about his enemies. 
He says there's no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. It says, pronounce them guilty, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against you. I want to break this down a little bit. This is David crying. This is the one with the heart of the father. He says, this is what my enemies look like. You know, that was read out of the New King James. If you read it out of the NLT, it says, because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, for my enemies will conquer me. Or my enemies will conquer me. Make your path plain for me to follow. My enemies cannot speak a truthful word. Their deepest desire is to destroy others. Their talk is foul. They... Like the stench from an open grave, their tongues are filled with flattery. Oh God, declare them guilty. Let them be caught in their own traps. Drive them away because of their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. So I want to pick this back up. I'm going to teach out of the New King James, but I thought when I read that in NLT, I was like, man, that's pretty good. Like I said, this is important that we understand how to, how to identify. This is huge. Like, this is you. He just taught on this. And when I read this, I was like, man, that's so good. Why wouldn't we, just like in the military, equip people to understand what the enemy looks like? It's easy to come in and say everything is great. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, what just happened? No one identified it. Nobody understood. So we want to teach so that we are prepared for what's coming. Because I'm telling you, when things start happening like they're happening, something's going to come on board to try to shut it down. Okay, so we got to get ahead of the game. It says there's no faithfulness in their mouth. You guys, you guys know this one. For what comes out of your mouth, what? Comes from an abundance of your heart. So what's coming out of, there's no faithfulness in that. So what's faithfulness? Once again, firmness, character. None of that's in their, in, in their heart, so therefore it's not coming out of their mouth. So you have to judge by what people say, right? So you have to listen to what they say, and that's going to help identify who they're connected to. So they have no character in their speech or in their words. It says their inward part is destruction. That destruction, when you define that, is coveting or rushing. But it means desiring something that's not yours. And Bo shared a great example. It's not, he's like, it's not, uh, man, that's a nice truck. I can say, you have an awesome truck. I wish I had one. That's not coveting. It's, why do you have a nice truck and I don't when I do more than you? Now, all of a sudden, I want your stuff. And all of a sudden, I'll do whatever I can do to make sure that I try to get what you got because I don't think you deserve it. I deserve it. That's coveting. I thought it was a pretty good example when I heard that. So I was like, man, that's good. So if you desire the one who possesses it, if, if you despise the one who possesses it, then, then you'll do anything to get it. That's covetedness. Okay, so now you move down. It says their throat is an open tomb. Their throat, an open tomb, which means they're spitting out death. It's just coming out of them. See, you know the word of God because the word of God is loving, right? It's uplifting. It's encouraging. It's comforting. We talked about it last week with prophecy. We said, hey, you know, if someone prophesies over you, it should be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. So if somebody prophesies over you and it's not that, you might want to take a look at it. Right? This is easy stuff because I've been all over the place and I go, I go places and people speak words over me all the time. 
Can I tell you, like half of them, I just let them go. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> and some of them, I'm like, I need to hang on to that. And I, I, need, I, need, I need to see where that comes in. We were talking about that this week. And I told my wife about uh, a prophecy that was, uh, someone prophesied over me, man, like three, four years ago. And I shared it with her and I said, baby, did you just see what just happened over here? I was like, hang on, we're going to keep praying about this and we're going to see what God's going to do with that because things were lining up to fulfill something that was spoken four years ago. That's crazy because I just chalked it off as, no, probably gone. I don't need to deal with it. So if someone talks to you and they speak to you and what they're speaking to you is divisive, causing division, talking down about other people, this is all the enemy, right? Because God wouldn't do that. God says, I brought you to here as a family with a whole bunch of gifts. And I want you to use all your gifts as a family to love on each other and to love on the community and love on the world. That's what I want. So that's why when people speak, you just need to listen and go, okay, cool. And then you have to judge that a little bit. You know, Brother Pat, who is Bo's spiritual father, um, and Brother Bo, he, they, he's known him for like, I don't know, 30 years or something. He said that you, you can discern someone's heart by the way you feel when they walk away. Are you hungrier for Jesus or do you feel like you need to go take a bath? Because they'll even come to you speaking scripture. They'll speak everything. But when they walk away, are you like, man, I want more Jesus? Or are you going, oh my gosh, what was that? Like, I don't even want to come outside anymore. Like, oh, I'm horrible. I'm a, I'm a horrible person. So what is it? Right? And that's how you judge these things. That's how you understand these things. But we don't know that if we're not taught these things. Like, this makes it pretty simple. It makes it really easy to have characteristics on how to judge people. Not saying we judge, like, you're, the point is this is not everybody that walks in the door. You're like, oh, who are they? We welcome everybody. We want everybody. We're going to love everybody. But what I know is if somebody comes in the door and they start speaking over people, then what I'm doing is I'm just watching. I'm trying to see who they're going to. Because I need to come up behind and make sure everything's good. I've got to keep my eyes on target. Not because, I, not because I don't trust them. I just don't know them. I need to get to know them. You understand that how long it's taken me to build relationships in this family? There's people, in, like I said, for a long time. We've been coming to this church for 13 years. And I sat right where you sat. We started building relationships 13 years ago. And I tell people all the time, check my integrity, check my character. And if I'm doing something wrong, man, you need to come tell me. But I've built trust in people. I've built that. You know, and that's what it takes. So if you have somebody that, that you don't know speaking stuff over you, you might want to, do you really know them? Like, don't just take their word for it. Now, I don't mean that it's wrong. I'm not, look, I'm not, no, just because they, you know, they might speak something that you're like, how do they know that? I'm just not going to trust that. Like, you can't read my mail. No, I'm saying you need, to, you need to listen. You need to see what's going on. Right? But then you got to compare that. Where, where's the love come in? It's hard to, you know, you need to draw close to people and learn to trust people. But it takes time sometimes. Mm. You guys good? All right. I know there's a wedding coming. I'm not trying to, this is not Debbie Downer. This is me equipping you. And you guys better not be changing your mind when you're sitting next to each other. They're like, hold up. 
Hold up, wait a minute. So here's the thing. But what, what happens is some of us are, you know, we, we do pick up on these things. But what we do, when, when we see them, we kind of just, we're like, ah, I'm not falling for that. Right? Or I sense something's bad, and that's cool. So what we do is we step over the serpent because we're like, that's not going to bother me. I'm good. But that serpent's going to go find somebody else. That serpent's going to look for somebody who's naive and innocent, who doesn't understand that, who's hurting. That's a big one. If you're dealing with hurt in your life, somebody's going to come up right next to you, and, and, and they're going to use hurt, and they're going to use pain, and they're going to say, but I, but, but I love you, and, and I can walk you through this, and, and this would be good. But that's why we can't do that. So as a family, the more eyes we have on target, man, this is good stuff. Like, you see it, then, then we identify it. We don't let, we've got to cut the head off. You don't let it go through and bite the whole family. Like, think about that. If something evil came into your house with your kids, then you knew it was evil, but you're like, I'm stronger than you. I don't care. Will you let it go through and, and take out your spouse and your kids? No. You're going to defend your home. This is our home. This is our family. So I'm equipping you that when this stuff happens, we've got to be ahead of the game. We've got to be willing to say, I sense something. Well, what do you do in that case? You've got to go talk to somebody, right? You've you got to either hear from the Lord, get in the Bible, but you need to go talk to leadership. You know, we have elders, myself, staff. You need to come talk and say, hey, I, I sense something, and, and then, then we can go from there. But you just can't step over it. But a lot of times, it's just not, for some of us, it's just not a big deal. You don't realize, though, how big of a deal it can be to somebody else, even though it's not a big deal to you. So we, we owe that to each other. We should love each other that much, that it means that much in this family, that we can, we can go, I can protect you. I want to protect everybody in here. Look, if I got bit by a mosquito, it doesn't hurt me. But what if you're allergic to that? And you could die from that. So my job is to protect you. All right? We can't do that if we hold our tongues. And this is not about gossiping to other people. I said, you got to bring it to leadership now. It's not gossip. And you understand, because it's easy to go out and tell everybody what you think about somebody, then you're just as bad. Right? You got to go to the right people who, who, who have been trusted. There's authority, look, there's authority in the house. You need to understand that. When you're operating in faithfulness, you operate under authority. So we operate under the authority of God in this house. He, he's in control. Then it's me. I was seated in authority here. So it comes to me. I'm the authority of the house. So if something's coming against me, let it come against me. Right? But if you have an issue, then you can bring it to me. Right? But we got to fall in that order. That's how this works. There's authority. Then we have elders and we have staff. There, there's authority in the house. So anything, look, if you're operating in any gift in this family, it needs to come under the authority of the house. Therefore, we can judge it. We can talk about it. We can correct it. We can do it the right way. It's just how that works. That's why we have authority so that we're all in line and we're, we're healthy and we're whole and we're taking care of each other. We're loving each other. We're walking beside people. Okay, now I'm going on a rampage. Let's see this. In verse 9, it says, they flatter with their tongue. Flattery in Hebrew, most of the time, means divide. Most of the time you see it in the Bible, it means divide. Flattery divides. That's what it says. And here's the thing. Once they understand authority, the Jezebel spirit will come in. And the Jezebel spirit, they're going to flatter you if they can't dominate you. 
See, once they realize there's authority in the house, once they realize they can't budge you and you're not going to move, you're going to stand in firmness. You're going to be strong and faithful. Faithfulness, you're going to be strong. When you're standing like that, that Jezebel spirit's like, they ain't moving. All right, let me tell them how awesome they are. Let me go tell them how amazing they are. Let me go tell them all the good stuff that, that I want them to know and how I can help them. Oh. This is what it looks like. It's usually like, man, you're so smart. You're so good. Man, how come, how come you're not up there? How come you're not the one leading? How come you're not the one in charge of the children's ministry? Like, I would put you in charge if I was in charge, but I'm not in charge, you know. You guys should question the guy in charge. He probably doesn't know what he's talking about. See how that works? They sneaks in like that, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I am pretty good. I'm not appreciated. Why am I not up there? It's that quick. It's emotional. We're human. But the only way not to fall for the bait is know it's bait. You understand? Yeah, you got to know it's bait. So we got to identify it. Come on. So if it causes division and chaos and fear, it's not right. And it's okay to come bring it to leadership and say, something ain't right. And I love everybody in here, so I want to make sure that nobody gets hurt. And, it does, and all that means is, man, I'm telling you, that doesn't mean that, that things, it means we get to go sit down and talk to somebody and just go, hey, what's this? They might not even know it's not right. You understand? We all, look, this is a diverse church, y'all. We come from all over the place. And I don't know where you came from in church. I don't know what you dealt with before. I don't know all that. I don't know what was normal. <laughs> I can tell you what's normal here. We have a culture of love. If it doesn't fall under that, it's abnormal. Right? So, so I understand that. But I don't know where you came from. So maybe some of the stuff that we're receiving in a different way. So if someone came through the door talking a different thing, that might be what was okay for you when, at your last church. Well, it's not going to be okay here. And all I got to do is talk to you about that. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I didn't realize it. Like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not, I just thought that's how we operated. Nope. And then we're good. And we're back to love and nobody's going to get harmed. And then we're just walking this thing out as a family. All right. Go back to verse 10. It says they are full of counsel. Someone who's unfaithful is always trying to counsel and tell you what you should do. You got to watch that. That might, you know, look, this ain't like, I can apply this to work. How many times I dealt with this in the military? Oh my gosh. Man, if I was the boss, you'd be my second. <laughs> well, go say some words for me. Get me in there. Tell everybody how good I am so that I can, and I'll bring you with me. Like, I'm not going to leave you here. So it's always about self, 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 self. It's not about kingdom. It's not about, so when we speak, it's about kingdom. It's not about self. Hmm. All right, 1 Thessalonians. Let's jump to there. I'm almost done. If y'all saw that, I'm sorry. Can't lie in church. Um, 1 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 12. Paul's actually speaking to a church he started. And then after he left, so he starts the church and then he leaves. That's what apostles do. They come in, start a church, install leadership, and then they leave. And now he's speaking to this church. 
Because he's like, whoa, somebody else tried to come in and they started not teaching like he did. That would be like me going on vacation and somebody coming in saying, we're supposed to hate the world, shut the doors, nobody else comes in. Like, what are you talking about? Judge everybody. Nobody's praying. I mean, everything against us, right? And, and so Paul's addressing this. And all he does is to address it, he says, let me remind you what we did and who we are. That's what I love about this. He's just like, just remember, like, this is how we did it. And we have a relationship. So I'll pick it up in verse three. It says, so you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Never once did we try to win, win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. As for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands on you, but instead we were like children among you. Or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Shared their lives. They said, I'm doing life with you. He says, don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preach God's good news to you. You yourself are our witness, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and faultless towards all of you believers. And you know that we treated each, each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. What an example. So if it doesn't line up with that, <laughs> you might want to check it. It's good stuff. Like, I, I don't know. Like, this is... Tells you right there how that sounds. And this is all he was telling them was that, man, somebody came and started saying stuff and now you guys are following that person and you're gonna have to make those choices. He says, but remember, like this is what we did. Like we've been doing this for a while. We ran this thing out and here's the fruit. I'll tell you, you want, you, want, you want to judge a tree, look at its fruit, right? You want to judge a tree, look at its fruit. Is the fruit good, pleasant, loving? Or is it stuff that you just don't even want to talk about? Where's the fruit? And he's saying, look at our fruit. And we've done all this. And you're still, you know, these other people came in and you were so quickly, so quickly went the other way. Okay, but that's how the enemy works. They just didn't recognize it. Hmm. I mean, really it goes that, you know, there's a leadership statement and probably most people know this, but it says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You need to understand that. Like you pour into people. Like it, and if you're trusting somebody that hasn't poured into you, that doesn't care for you, that, you, that you're just, then man, you need to check that and go check it with people that you know love you, that's poured into you, that, 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 that want to do life with you. Just check it. It's so important. And this is what they weren't doing. So, you know, and that, that's why you dealt with all this. And that's why you see a lot of churches get divided and separated. It's because people don't know how to see this stuff. All of a sudden, somebody comes in and says something, and next thing you know, <laughs> you're like, well, there, there goes half the family. 
right? And we got to be careful that that doesn't happen here because that's what the enemy wants because he sees what we're doing. A lot of gifts in this place, man. Like God's ready to use us in a powerful, powerful way. He's already doing it. And we got to live in that. And the enemy's going to say no. So we just got to keep our eyes open. Oh. So that's the thing. So you, you, so when people come in and they start pouring into your life, you always got to ask yourself this. Do they feel like a burden or a blessing? Because I'm telling you, if it's good, it's going to feel like a blessing. You're going to be like, man, I want to be around that person. I want to spend more time with them. Man, that's a blessing. Or is it a burden? Do you feel like you're like... Oh, they're calling again. <laughs> Why do I have to hear their voice again? Not right now. So you got to really judge that based on, based on, you know, we all, God, you know, we have the Holy Ghost living inside of us. Man, he is so good. And he's, he's going to give you discernment and the ability to, to understand things. All right. I can keep ram. I want to finish up with one last scripture. You guys still good? Can I share the last scripture? All right. And we might pick this up again. Like right after the I do. We'll just take intermission, <laughs> eat some cake, come back in. We'll be all fired up. All right. <laughs> I want to go to Romans 16, 17 through 18. All the way back to Romans. It says, now I urge you, brethren, brethren, uh, brethren, I should probably read out of the New King James Version more often. No, I heard you, brethren. Brethren. I can't even speak this morning. Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly. And by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. So... I highlighted a couple words, divisions. Division is that. It's division or sedition. And sedation, sedation, which is conduct or speech inciting people to rebel against the authority of a state or monarch. That's what it defines it as. So it says, cause division and offenses. What's an offense? It, it defines it as, as a snare, occasion to fall. Offense, thing that offends, a stumbling block. That's how the Bible defines that. And then doctrine. So if it's contrary to the doctrine, what's do doctrine is simply instruction. What are we talking about in here? You know, if you've been here for a while, you probably believe the doctrine we've been teaching. <laughs> and you probably see fruit in your life because of that. Right? And we, we teach love. And trust me, we teach obedience. We teach fear of God, all that good stuff. We, we believe all that. But if this comes against anything, right? If someone starts teaching that goes against what we're teaching, you need to understand that. You need to understand that's probably not good. And when we think about that, even when we teach, it's all, look, just, you want to know what we teach? Go to Romans 12. <laughs> so it's love and Romans 12. But that pretty much could sum up a lot. And it says there that the people who cause division and offenses are those people serving their own belly. They're concerned with themselves. They won't take authority. They won't fall under authority. I mean, they want to take authority, but they won't fall under the authority. They won't serve under authority. They won't do anything under the authority of the house. They're going to want to do it on their own because it's self. They serve their own belly. That's what it says. 
And that's what you got to watch out for is people that serve their own belly, their own needs. Okay, and this is deep stuff. Like I'm not trying to get like a, you know, just downer today. I'm just trying to educate us. We got to be aware of these things because we love each other. We love doing this. If you didn't see love up here and excitement and joy up here and see fruit in this house from worship and the love of God, we don't want that to go the other way. You don't want to see that just completely, you know, spread out. You, you want that. You, we, now, we're going to spread out because we're going to go reach the world. But we want that, you know, as a family, we want to do this together. Mm. All right. So we need to be aware. You need to look out for not only yourself, but your families and your kids. And the people that are sitting to the right and to the left of you. That's important. Because we love each other. And we got to just be careful. We need to protect one, one another. We need to stand firm in faithfulness and stand in unity. Man, everything, unity. I'm telling you, if, if the enemy can divide, that's his way he works. That's how he works. If he can separate you from everybody else, man, he can work a number on you. Right? Unity. That's why it's so important we gather. That's why it's called the gathering place. <laughs> we like to gather. Why? Because the more we get to come together and do life together, it's easier it is for us to, 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 to speak to people and love on people and encourage people and comfort people. We can do this together. That's why it's so important that we do these things. Not just so we can say we did another event. It's so that we can grow in relationship. Right? And Unity. Can't be ignorant of the wolves and the foxes, the little foxes. Man, it'll tear it up. So when in doubt, ask. When in doubt, study. When in doubt, dig deep in it. Always be on your toes. And stand in unity and love. You guys good with that? You guys get something out of this? Is this okay? I mean... Hopefully it helps a little bit. Like, I want to know who the enemy is. So I'm just trying to, to give you advice because, you know, G.I. Joe, right? No one's at the battle. G.I. Joe, come on. Nobody got G.I. Joe? Come on. Knowing is half the battle, y'all. But that's it. I encourage you, go watch Brother Bo's message, Courts of Praise. Watch it. Like, trust me, I could not speak like he does. and I'm not, I can't repeat all his stuff, but man... I, I, I pulled out some scripture that I saw that I thought hit home. Uh, a great way to teach our family, to protect our family, and equip our family. Hmm. Here's the thing. I don't want you to leave. Like I said, when I talked about this in worship. When we were finishing up worship, I said, don't. you can't come in here today carrying something. Maybe somebody spoke something over you. Maybe something's happened in your life. Maybe you've dealt with some hurt like this. Maybe this is just kind of boiling something up inside of you and you're like man don't leave here without prayer our prayer partners are going to be at either cross okay so here's the point they're going to be at the cross and they're going to be standing there because we want to pray for you the point wasn't to stir up a whole bunch of stuff in your heart and make you feel like like now what do i do no we won't pray for you we want, we want to counsel you we want to give you good counsel we want to pray for you we want to love on you just don't leave here with the same stuff you brought in see that's the point you need to leave out of here free, walking in freedom. Come on. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Right? Come on. There's got to be freedom in this. Mm. So if you need a prayer partner, they're going to be on the side. 
Oh, oh um, giving. Um, <laughs> you want to give? We've been giving on the screens. Um, we love it that you give. Look, look. We love that you give. Um, and uh, we want to give you an opportunity to give. We absolutely love that. Um, you can give. If you're leaving, you can give in the baskets at the door in cash or whatever. And if you want to, or check, if you want to text to give or do something online. I don't take that lightly. Never take that lightly when I say that. I just don't put a big emphasis on it because y'all give and you're cheerful. And I tell people all the time, if, you, if you're going to be, if you're not going to be cheerful and give, then we don't want it. Keep it. Go give it somewhere else. <laughs> Cheerfully give. Cheerfully give. And, and God will bless that some way. But here's the thing. We talked about unity today. And we get to kind of unite some people today. That's what I love about this. So um, I'm going to pray us out. And uh, we're going to take about 10 minutes. So if you want to stay, I know they want to encourage you to stay. They, they, they did this so everybody can be here. Uh, I'm excited about this. So if you want to stay, we're going, we're going to put a timer up. We'll have about 10 minutes. They, they have to get changed and, and come back in. And I ask that these two rows up front here are surrendered to the family so they can come up and get a front row seat. Um, and then fill in, man. Let's celebrate unity. Let's celebrate the bond between three. Right? Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that they want to do this in front of family. That they want to, they trust you with that. That they, they've, they've welcomed everybody into it, which is really cool. And then we'll celebrate. That won't take that long, I promise you. Like, my, my wedding ceremonies are not as long as my sermons. Fairly quick. And trust me, they want to get out of here with the I do also. Alright, so it'll be, it won't be that long, but it will be fun. We are going to celebrate. Uh, we're going to eat some cake and have a good time. Uh, and that'll be out in the foyer after the ceremony. Don't go out there and stand. If you want cake, you got to come in here. Right, Eric? Just, just call him. By the way, that's Eric. He's the guy that has hair. If you've never seen him without a hat on, that's, that's Eric. <laughs> but yes, we, we love these guys and we want to honor them. So please, uh, spend some time in here. Give it 10 minutes. Come back in. Give it another 15 minutes. You can leave. Uh, but let's do life together. So, Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you. I thank you for this family, Father. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your protection. Father, I thank you for the unity in this house. I thank you, Lord, that, that you give us stuff that, that we need to be aware of for the future, Father, that, that we can trust you with this. So, Father, I thank you for every person in here. Father, I ask that you saturate them with your love. Father, I, pr I pray for divine appointments this week where they can go out and just touch somebody and love on somebody, Lord. Mm, let them feel, let, the, let, let your love flow through them this week and let it change somebody's life forever. So, Father, we, we surrender this to you. We, we love you, Lord, and we can't do this without you. So have your way in everything we do. Father, we just give it to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, y'all. I'll see you next week. If you're not staying, I'll see you in about 10 minutes if you are. What's up, brother?